podcast known as Dirtbags. Tonight we're doing something a little bit different. It's just DC and I, my co-host Danny Curran. How are you tonight? Mate, a little different. We do this all the time. I know. Fire. No, I don't think we've done Check this. It. It's very early on, you and I. Oh, listen. I'll, as as I'll in a it. podcast. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Listen, uh, the moral of the story is that we're going to have a great little catch-up. Yes. Pretty excited about this one. We've got a few little things to talk about. Nothing, nothing too serious. Just a little bit of action happening in the greater dirt sports community yes. we want to, uh, well again we, we sort of talk about this a bit we do want to be all inclusive because uh josh uh, let's kick it straight off actually because uh, and i'm going to throw you on the spot here tell us a little bit about your history forward driving because i think probably a lot of people think that we're just mad off-road racers which i don't know if we're mad but you know what i mean like as in we're into the off-road racing scene but our off-road racing background actually comes from all the standard stuff that most people do. You know, we got into the four-wheel drives, we got into the performance, we got into, you know, started racing these things, and all of a sudden you're going down a path where you ended up with a Jimco. But, Josh, crank it off for me. What did you actually start with? Uh, so my first four-wheel drive was, of all the good stuff, a, uh, a 1980 Toyota Hilux. Oh, they're the good ones. Yes, around. yeah. Round headlights, Round yes, headlight, yep, that, yep, that my brother, being the good bloke that he is, sold oh, to me. You're talking about me? Yeah, yeah, that oh, sold yeah. to me dirt cheap. But, um, Which is funny because, just so we can actually clarify, that was actually my first four-wheel drive as well. So both of us actually owned the same four-wheel drive. Yes, yeah, that is true. We both owned the uh, the same four-wheel drive uh, fresh off the bat. So we um, – sorry, mate, I'm just mucking around a little bit. Yeah, so we both owned the, the first four-wheel drive. She was an absolute uh, rocket ship, that old girl. Uh we bought that in the middle of the night out of Brisbane, and mm. it uh, it came with a roadworthy, and it was three thousand dollars. And uh, it was sold by a little old lady whose little old husband used it to uh, reverse the boat into the boat ramp every other Sunday. I think was the was the story. But it came with a roadworthy, so we thought it was pretty good. We, um, you and I, were both apprentices in the railway at the time, so we caught the train down for free use some of those uh tickets that we used to get to uh to, so we caught the train from rockhampton down to brisbane which is an all-day train ride and when we got a lift out to um the the suburb where it was and i think we yeah, picked I it up i can't remember but it was out in the suburb yeah yeah and right? i think i think it was about nine or nine thirty at night by the time we actually got to uh got to picking that thing up and we just roadworthy sweet let's go and uh we sorted all the way home we were excited i was going to say high as kites but we we weren't did, did we drive straight home yes like we just drove through the yeah I was yeah, yeah. Say, i can't remember staying anywhere no no we yes yeah, straight through the night so we we drove straight through the night and then um we we get home at about what seven seven thirty in the morning and the old boy johnny curran he's standing on the uh on the front veranda and he just takes one look at it and he goes what have you idiots done we're like no nah, it's good bro it's got like a roadworthy so and this thing turned out to be the biggest pile of trash ever. I think the um, the first giveaway was you'd you'd hook it into a corner, and the glove box would pop open. Yeah. Uh, so you had about two of the yes, six yeah, two two of the six body mounts. The rest were um, literally just sat in place and bogged in position to make it look like they um, make it look like they um, they were still in there. So yeah, so we we I started off with that. So she was a 
uh, good old girl. She was uh, an 18R. So carb-fed 2-litre Toyota motor. Had the four-speed box. And um, as I think you sold it and you'd moved on to your TJ, but that's a, that's a story for another mm. time. And, and I'd moved... Well, actually, I reckon I reckon we I had that twenty two R powered ninety one ninety two yes. single cab in between that. I yes. Can't, really, I'm getting old now, Josh. I'm fine scratching the brain, but I was just thinking. I, I reckon there's probably a Hilux in the middle too. I had a single cab, like the early um yeah the ninety one ninety two shape. Yes, and that was I actually that for a short period of time. And this, then I went to a TJ Wrangler. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So that's actually that's a good point because that's where this story goes. So um. The carb on the old 18R, she wasn't uh, real fancy. She was well-renowned for um, you'd be any sort of angle, any sort of decent off-roading. You'd uh, you'd end up uh, running out of fuel or you'd flood it or you'd have all sorts of dramas, which for my first four-wheel drive wasn't that big an issue until I discovered the joys of lockers. Mm. So um, put a rear locker in it and then any time it, it lifted a wheel or, or did anything like that, it just would conk out. It was no good. So, um, yeah, uh, at the time, that's right, you had that uh, 22R powered Hilux and um, we had a mate, Tone Orth, come around and he was driving his dad's car and it had 2.4I on the side or 2.4E on the side, which uh, which kind of piqued our interest. And um, we, we popped the bonnet and there it was, 22RE. And it was a... Uh, 2.4 litre Toyota motor. So, uh, is it the, uh, what was it, the trading post trading at the time? It used to come out every, um, every Thursday or something like that. Yep. So we scoured the trading post. All the Brisbane cars for, for the yes. upsides and CQ, they used to be listed down there. So, yes. you know, if you're looking for a hottie Commodore or an old yes. Valiant or something or, or something a bit unique like a, a Corona with an EFI motor. Yes. That's where you had to go. Yes. So we scoured the uh, the the pages for what ages. What do pre-internet? I don't know, mate. It was I, hard work I, to try to buy a car. I like think that. we struggled. We yeah. struggled. <laughs> As, yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, so we, we managed to track down a um, uh, 22RE-powered uh, Corona for $400. So we, um, we we managed to purchase that. So JC and I drove down to Brisbane. We, we picked that bad boy up, and we brought it back home. And it was actually a shame. It was a, a really nice car, but we um, we pulled that bad boy. Tell it like it is, mate. You butchered it. Oh, we butchered that. Because we had to cut the wiring harness out of it and, and stuff like that. But, um, uh yeah, so the the twenty two RE was actually a beautiful conversion for that car. So um, it worked very well with the four speed. Yes, yes, but uh, even the way it went in. So um, uh, the block in the Corona, the engine mounts were further forward in the car in the Corona, and the engine mounts in the Hilux were further back. But believe it or not, the the twenty two RE, the the blocks actually was uh, already drilled and tapped for the engine mounts, or was already cast with the engine mounts, and um, we were they just had like a, a bug in it so we we threaded that bug out uh re-bolted the the factory corona engine mount onto the onto the 22re in the middle of the block and it, it bolted straight in mm. yeah so the only thing we had to do with that original hilux was um the because it wasn't a cross flow head so the the inlet and the exhaust was on the same side so it had very long inlet runners for the um for the efi and uh, in the first Hilux that it, it ended up in, we had to move the steering across a little bit, the, the bottom of the steering column, because it 
it was uh, it was just rubbing and it was very very close to that on the um, steering column. But we worked out later on when we redid the conversion to a better condition Hilux. It, it's not something that we had to do that time. It was just that poor old original white Hilux was so busted and flogged that um, that yeah it the body was so bent that it yeah the the inlet runners hit on the uh, on the on the steering in in the engine bay. Um, but yeah, so then it proceeded to go. We had yeah front and rear lockers. The first little girl, she was yeah front and rear lockers, thirty four inch jungle trackers, Cymax mm. jungle trackers. Mm. So I was a big fan of the mud at that age, obviously by that. And yeah, the the twenty two RE and and yeah, she was a little rocket ship, mate. It was a it was a great four wheel drive. It wasn't wasn't anything fancy. We just used to comment about the the leafs and lockers. That was the the way it used to get down. But um, yeah, yeah, good old leafs and lockers. That was that was the first old girl, and unfortunately she. Um, she had a few little gremlins that ended up biting us, um, unfortunately. But that's okay. Rest in peace, old girl. But yep. uh, she she was good. Yeah. Yep. No, that's awesome. So I guess uh, out of interest, like that, it just got me thinking. There, it's interesting. I had a conversation with the old boy. So yeah. I mean, you guys know we we have spent a lot of time with our old boys. A bit of the the brains trust behind us because I I definitely don't think we'd do as much uh, mechanical modification and rebuilding and gearboxes. As, if we didn't have that sort of experience, he's just one of those old school dudes, yes. engineer, not even a, like into mechanic, like never been a mechanic, never done any of those things. But, but old Johnny boy, Curran, he's sort of like, yeah, it's a fort and what could be the worst thing? Let's just pull it apart and yeah. see how it goes. And yes. it tends to work out for us, which is pretty amazing. But it's interesting because what I was thinking there, Josh, when you're talking about the carb feather, so I'm going back a few steps. Here, yes. But we were talking about it the other day and he goes, ah, oh, these bloody, you know, old fella, bloody new cars. Yes. So unreliable. Or, and what I was thinking is, what's interesting about that, because I think the difference in thought process is, with an old Hilux or an old Cruiser or an old whatever, you know, what it is, and really, let's be honest, they were rough, they were mongrels, yep. they had no power steer. It was, it was hard days forward driving. Uh, would I go to the Cape in my Hilux, or would I rather go in the Y62? I mean, I would much rather go in the Y62. Gotcha. Uh, so, but, but yes. This is a great point, because this is actually, I love that statement. But the problem is with the new cars is now when they're on the side of the road stop, they're almost like a Pandora's box, aren't they? They've got so much war and so much, so much. You know, particularly when I had it, like we'd rebuild the car at Five Rocks in the sand to try to get it running again because she failed it, but it would always get you home. Whereas I suppose what's interesting about it, let's talk about, let's say, my Ranger or something like that. The problem with them is when they stop, they're mm. so self-protective that they stop. They're dead in the water. It's an interesting problem with them, isn't it? Like the new cars and the new Turing and that. Not that I'm obviously, hey, we are right into the new cars. I love the fuel injected. I, I don't think I'd ever go back, but it's just an interesting conundrum or a change in thought with those things. Because again, old carb motor, as long as it's got some fuel pouring into it and then, you know, like spark, really what else is going to stop it? Yeah, I get exactly what you're saying. So I guess he, what you're saying is he wasn't saying that new cars are unreliable. Well, he did. He basically, it was to wow. do with, well, it was to do with the Ranger. I've got to be honest. And I hope Ford's, not, well, stuff you. Ford, if you're listening, <laughs> this is on you because you guys uh, treated me like crap, to be honest. So that's the way it goes. But like, you know, like we had those couple of issues with our uh, 3.2 and I really like that motor as a whole. Yes. But. As I sort of said, when it stops, it is dead in the water. You can't idle it back to Alice Springs. You can't idle it. They're, they're real toasted, aren't they? 
Yes. Yeah, I do know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like you said, if you're on the side of the... Well, yeah. She might run actually, like a hairy goat. Yes. But it'll get you home. Yeah, and I guess uh, probably throwing it out there, yeah, if you were going to spend, you know, three or four weeks or maybe three or four months out in the desert in the remote, you know, back of Burke, back of Winton, back of Longreach or something like that, touring around, you know, shooting roos or camping or whatever, yeah, you, you are probably right. Like, you could take some relatively basic hand tools, some relatively basic fault finding, you know, a multimeter, you know, um, some spare fuses, some stuff like that, you know, probably a little bit of wire, a couple of zip ties, and nine times out of 10, you're going, or probably 99 times out of 100, you know, yeah. let's, you're going Honestly, to get the car fixed. a bearing or like a rod is hanging out the side of the yes. block, which is, let's be honest, normally self, uh, self-inflicted self because you've either let it run out of oil yes. or you've been revving the ring out of the thing and like, yes. you know, and you even for me, that's something that you don't really uh, do in the middle of the desert, hey? Like, you never turn an auto off in the desert, Sean Swaffield, if you're listening. Never turn an auto off. <laughs> Coffee, or on the uh, on the plenty highway either. That's right. Yes. Well, yes. that's the desert, mate. But yes. anyway, the long story short is it's just interesting because, um, yeah, I, I think new cars are, are brilliant. They're so comfortable. And, again, we just did, you know, have to, to think and just did a squillion kilometres an hour with not a single issue. Yes. And you sit on 130 on the cruise control, where it's legal, of course, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, like, you really can't do that in a 1980s Hilux. But it's just interesting. And I really think, I'll, I'll throw it out there, I reckon that every young fella should own an old car. And I know that's, a, like, you know, probably a bit of an old school statement. But, man, you know, we learned how to spin spanners doing that, didn't we? We yeah. learned how to, like, you know, to jam in. Uh, Josh was talking about a few of those little issues before, and, you know, jammed in uh, the gearbox and jam up or whatever it is. And, yeah, you used to, pull- if, if you're in high range, um every now and then, or quite regularly in high range it would yeah pop yeah. the stick of the transfer case out yeah yeah absolutely well even the four speed i remember pulling the top hat off the four speed and like putting the knuckle back in to get the selector going again yes you pulled it through second too fast because everything was worn out and you know that was a set of skills that um you know really did as well over the years because it sort of gets you prepared for some of this more remote touring and bits and pieces where you will spin spanners you will have a red hot go at most things so i think that's an interesting you know the the new world that we live in now is is more so by you know whatever the new brand dual cab is whatever tick a few boxes and then go and I, I i do like that but i wonder now if we're losing a bit of that mechanical one sympathy and then two like you know losing a little bit of that sort of stuff but yeah again oh that's just a you know bit well, of a conversation well, listen think- ladies and gentlemen if you're in the make sure you like subscribe hit the notification bell you know all that sort of stuff that we do on youtube and make sure you keep up to date and also let us know in the comments what is your first four-wheel drive what was the the great memory that you had about it because i think it's something special the first four-wheel drive isn't it it's something that i definitely have great memories learning how to four-wheel drive and we're always lucky we yeah again we had old johnny boy curran and the cq crew thick as thieves who are doing bits and pieces and yes. wheeling around yeah but uh, do you th- like that's probably also the age that we're at dc like we're probably letting it out of the the bag a little bit there when we're talking about how old we are but like back in the day, like that Hilux was. Although Mickey T was just saying how much he uh, he just did drop a comment and say how much he likes the mo that you're rocking at the moment, bro. So well, so well, well done. But um, do you think that just comes with age though? Like that's what's available now these days. Like that Hilux when when you first purchased it, what was that? Are you going to say two thousand and one? Yeah, yeah, sure. So so that's a twenty one year old car. Yeah. So now that we're in twenty twenty two, a 21 year old car is a 2001 so that's a gu so even the most basic 
GU that you can buy is either a, you know, it's a, a diesel and, um, or even if you buy a cheap petty, you know, because the diesels are still very expensive, you buy a cheap petty, it's a fuel injected 4.5 computer yeah. controlled. The auto's computer controlled. Like now, those 20 year, like. So, the, what we all should do is get our 4.8 controls, pull it all apart, and put a holy carb on it. Yes. I'm sure a manifold off something will fit. Well, probably, but maybe get, not a four. Get ma- Richie from Radius Fads to start with this idea. <laughs> well, Carb maybe at a distributor. Well, maybe not a four point eight, but a four point five. Probably the old uh, Carby Fed four point two. Listen, I'm just joking, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, before you run I was getting ready. I was oh, getting ready no. to go down a rabbit hole no, here. No, yes, I, would, I wouldn't build a Carby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, all I guess I'm saying though is that there's a lot of good options. I think there's probably still a lot of early um, leaf sprung Hiluxes and bits and pieces like mid nineties that are sitting in sheds that people aren't using. They're you know on farms like. We used to scour again, get yep. back to it. Like you didn't go to, you know, whatever. You, you'd go out to Winton or, yes. you know, you'd look for old cars sitting in sheds and that. And I'm sure yep. that they're still around if you want to look at. I think, oh, let, let's just go. Is the problem though now? No, I'll tell you what the problem is. Here you go, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. I'm getting fired up now. The problem is nowadays that there's too much consumable cash around and loans and that young fellas don't want hey, old we're, cars. We're not going to start talking about yep. the RBA, mate. Yep. I'm talking inflation. About... It's the recession we had to have. Just no. ask Daddy Curran. Oh, listen, listen. <laughs> Who have we voted? No, no listen. Oh, but all I'm saying is that in real facts is that in our day, Josh, no young fella from Hastings Deering had a hundred thousand dollar youth. Whereas mm-hmm. now that is a very common place to have a hundred thousand dollars wrapped up in a youth for your and you're an apprentice. Well, you, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's a shift. Okay, I am going down the rabbit hole. Here we go, Josh. Send it. Is that, I'm shooting bullets here, is that the new the new Is it normal, Tony Abbott? It's not Tony Abbott. Who's going to pay for my home loan? Who's going to pay for my home loan? <laughs> no, listen, um, no, where I was going to go with that was actually, that's interesting because it leads me to another point that I wanted to talk to tonight. Jack's are getting on me. Oh, I'm, I'm ready 500 mil can. Yeah. But what I'm saying to you is that um, is that a new with the social media that we've got going on now? There wasn't that pressure. I've got to be honest. There wasn't really like a feed of people that had hundred thousand dollar cars that no. we were keeping up with. You know yeah. what I mean? Like honestly, it wasn't about that. It was you. You lived well within your means. I'm really starting to sound old now, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing it, but. You know, this new social media influencer lifestyle that we've got where, you know, everyone's got a Y62, like myself. Yep. But, you know, but but a lot of you, everyone's got a 200 series and they've got the 79 for touring and they've got the caravan and they've yes. got the... Is that something now that is changed with our where we are at as a society in Australia and with this overlanding and forward driving? Like, when we went camping first up, Josh... And again, this wasn't because we're showing our age. Angle fridges were around; they existed. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like camper trailers existed. That it's not like they didn't exist, but we didn't need them. We would use an esky because we were poor. That's yes. what we were. But but we weren't we weren't any poorer than any other apprentices. We just didn't think like, oh well, the best. Like the cash rate wasn't as low as what it was. Do you know what I mean? Like, there, you know, it's only in the last, 
what, five yeah, or six years? I don't know if that really affects the young fellas in the sense that... Well, why not? A personal loan, like uh, as the cash rate drops for home loans, the cash rate drops for personal loans as well. So would you have got a personal loan if it was at 6% or 12% or 15% when you were 18? <sighs> don't know. No, the answer is the, no. the, the option... The answer, the, no. Well, I don't know because it, it wasn't available to me when I was that age. Uh, a personal loan was... 16 or 17 percent and i couldn't justify that if it was six percent may i i don't know i don't, Ooh, I don't well i don't know whereas i don't think that i ever thought about that as an option i never went down the path of i'm going to put a set of And then waiting a few, waiting six months, you know, these set of tires will then go from costing me $5,000 to You know, I've got to be honest about my my personal situation. Is I don't buy I don't buy a TV on tick because I you know if I can't afford a TV I can't afford a TV. I've got to got to wait until I can afford it. That's that's the way I live my life. I'm yes. not saying there is plenty of people that use finance in a very safe and control. Not financial advice here, ladies and gentlemen. But what I'm saying to you is, there's plenty of people that use it to great advantage. They get the points, they get the flights, they get all the other stuff that goes with it. Tick, tick, tick. Yes. Great. It's not a not an issue in any way, shape, or form. Yep. So I guess yeah, it's just interesting to see um, this change. But I, I just was interested in the thought of you know, I guess uh, this week I've been watching a bit of you know, twenty four seven, and I've been watching a bit of you know all the other all the other ones that are on, and it's just interesting because I. I and I love it. Just to clarify, I enjoy watching those guys. I enjoy watching the twenty four seven guys. They're, they're they're great fun to watch. But have they created this uh, consumerism for wheel drive, where you think that you can't go off road without the kitchen setup? You can't go off road without the rooftop tent. Yeah. You can't go off road without the max tracks and without the bits and pieces. Because I must admit, again, yes. can't say this enough. In the two thousands, that was not a thing. No one, no one had plastic boards that went under your tires so you could climb a hill like, yeah yeah any, but you know what i mean like yes yeah i hope i'm not getting myself sued here or anything but it's just interesting that 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 uh social media branding and, and how often do you hear it now we we have a, a, a bunch of close mates that just bought a four-wheel drive and they're like oh yeah we want to go to fiveies can i go absolutely stock four-wheel drive all day every day we take all our stuff we basically buy them and take them straight to five yeah that's, that's the yeah. cartel way yeah yeah that's right that's the breaking in because they were like oh, well, we're, we're going to wait because we've got to go to ARB and we've got to go. And all of that is great stuff. I mean, there's no, we we love our modification. Yes. But it's interesting now that we've got this uh, generation that think that you can't do anything unless you're all kitted up and stocked up. Yes. Yeah, I, I do. I do know what you're saying. And I think you are right. Like, it's so hard to, to talk about what it would have been like for us as young fellas because we just, like you said, grew up in a completely different era. I mean, heck, we didn't have mobile phones as young fellas growing up. Oh, like, oh you're bringing up the old stuff. Yes. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. right. So it wasn't it wasn't something that we experienced. But I, I think, yeah, right, like, you know, you talk about or you see these kitted out four-wheel drives. So, look, I'll, I think it's probably a, a combination of two things. Like you said, there's social the influence of social media 
as well as where our cash rate's at at the moment. It is going to be interesting to see what happens in the next 12 months with uh, with where vehicles will end up. There might be a few change of plans, four-wheel drives for Ooh, sale. Oh, damn, you said it, bro. <laughs> but, um, I see them on Marketplace already. Uh, already. Uh, what are you scaring Marketplace for? Minivan? <laughs> it's not a bad obsession to have but yeah. yeah so it's um yeah yeah it's going to be interesting to see what the the future holds and stuff like that but oh, i do definitely think look things are a lot cheaper as well like hey when what can you remember off the top of your head this will test you what did you pay for your rooftop tent when we went to the cape yeah, no, that does test me. I don't think it. I think they were like eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah, like, like, like what could you buy a king's rooftop for now? Yeah, like cheap. cheap. Yeah, and and that's probably the that's probably the other thing. There's a lot of mar- people that have gotten into the marketplace, like kings, like brands like that, that are mass producing and selling things relatively cheap. So it it is more affordable to be able to afford all these things. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, back in the day when we first got, what were you two? What were your three brands of fridges? Angle, Waco, and Trailblazer. Mm. So there wasn't that like ARB now have a fridge, Evercool have fridges, like that are mass produced. Uh, XTM, what's the one in the Ranger? XTM. Yeah, XTM. Like like that was a, a dual zone 80 litre fridge that we brought for 750. We literally bought it because it was so cheap on sale at BCF that we went, well, it's worth having a second fridge for the work car. So like, whereas back in the day, like you would have paid double that for oh, yeah. for a 40 liter waco yeah that's right yeah, yeah no no I, I do understand that side of things i just again it's probably the thought process that you can't go off road without it yes that's what i'm dis- disappointed that's a, that's a bad word but right you know oh, dad I mean? yeah yeah i'm sounding pretty old here but i guess what i'm saying is that if you've got a esky and a swag and a cheap swag yep you, you're good to go don't don't get held back by waiting go yes. on the adventure now yes you can do all the trips i mean we literally just you know, swagged it and fridged it and, you know, like very, very low buck. Lots of our touring back in the day, didn't we, Josh? And even we even recently. Recently, yeah. yep. 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 So, no. It, Although not not you, you're flaming fairy now. You towed the van. To, oh, i got to sleep in the dirt for two nights. Oh, I better tow me van across. Oh, here we go. This is, you know, this is what I put up with all day, ladies and gentlemen. Not me, not me it's, and JC, mate. We're in the dirt, yeah. slumming it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, real real old school boys you two <laughs> no it was good listen and that that probably showed actually that trip itself showed the two differences and how easy and you know the the fact that you can just go on an adventure and have a great time yeah now while we're under the pump of influences because i've got another couple of things i wanted to bring up now, i'm interested again please comment because i'm very interested in what everyone's thoughts were i'm trying to uh, there's a new culture and i think with influencers and i'm, I'm gonna I, I hope i'm not lifting the veil i just want some <laughs> clarification or some information because there's a lot of guys now that have been around for quite a while and i won't use any names until i need to use any names but they've been around for quite a while and what's the thought process on a lot of this stuff being staged now for the shows you know like surely if you've done lots and lots of years of four-wheel driving some of the stuff that they turn into massive challenges yes can't be massive challenges you know what i mean yeah i I agree there's plenty of stuff out there so that therefore that's for the camera and how does that affect the next group of four drivers coming through because listen lots of the influencers i give them big credit there's a big shout out 
you know, they've done very well and they do a lot with respect to showing you how to do, say, winching correctly. Yes. And and that is to be commended. But then they show some other stuff where they're like, you know, like say their wheels up and smoking wheels and carrying on and, you know, on banks that really are very, very drivable. Yes. The other one that I'm always interested in is a number of teams. If you're listening and you, you know who I'm talking about, again, like, you know, double lock cars and they don't run any lockers when they start and then they get bogged and then they start mucking around. Like, that's an interesting conundrum that, you know, like, why are they showing the hard way to do things? Is that because that makes interesting content? Yeah, gotta Have be. Got- so, so what you're saying, like, what you're saying there is how come they don't, like, at the base of the hill, bang both lockers yeah, in? Because did you and, ever- and, and once you've got momentum, yeah, 100% in the Hilux, is this where you're going to ask? Like, yeah. when, when the front rear's in the Hilux, was it better to turn them on and while you were crawling with momentum keep crawling or drive with your rear locker or drive with no locker get stuck put your rear locker in continue get to your front locker no bang them both into the bottom stop Stop. yeah 100 yes yeah it's an interesting concept because i see it time and time and time again and then the other one sam Miles, we'll have you on one day because i actually like your shows and enjoy it but you know like i gotta call you out on that when you're towing the van across uh, nagala rocks and you're on 16 PSI, whatever, you said, oh, in the comments, oh, we'll see it. If you went from 16 to 4, you would drive from where you are and drive out. I'll back myself on that. I've seen it a million times before. I've yeah. done it before. Yeah. I towed Jayco's up Big Sandy, and, you know, with, with and again, 4 PSI. Now, again, I've got to tick the lawyer box here. I'm not telling anyone to run 4 PSI, but if you're experienced and you know what you're doing, why are we thrashing cars and having multiple lineups? Like, um, again, Barney, man, I'd have a beer with that guy anytime. He seems like a great guy, that Legend X cruiser guy. But the mints that they did on Big Sandy towing that camper up and the effort and the revs and the multiple cars strapped together, that's not a real thing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to call it. If you want to send me a message, if you want to like know how to get up that hill, We'll tow a full-size trailer up there with no worries whatsoever with Y62 with no lockers. It's not an issue. It's it's overhyped. It's overinflated. And if you get to a point where you're struggling to drive, why aren't we letting our tyres down and just idling up? Well, I think probably you've probably hit the nail on the head too, particularly if you've got all the gear. So, like, we're not saying – Dan and I are – massive fans of extremely low tire pressures almost any condition so even down to people in mud like if you're not letting your tires down if you've got the clearance if you're letting your tires down and all of a sudden you're bellied out you're in trouble yes but if you've got clearance in mud flat tires will help you well he's looking into the camera too he's not looking at he's not looking at me no stuff you mate (laughs) but i'm serious and and then the other side oh i'm gonna get burned here the other side is that like even without Bead locks, like everyone's super worried about bead locks. Lots of, I, I actually am now thinking. I don't think I ran bead locks other than on one car that was a, a missing patrol that I had that had bead locks and thirty sevens on it. But other than that car, I've never run bead locks. Yeah, I've taken a few tires off. Off, yes, doing silly, and I mean silly young fella things. But if you want to talk about just driving up a sand dune on four psi, because I'm now doing fifteen k's towing gently, not shaking up my you know, fridge and, and not breaking a glass in the camper van. Because I'm doing that now, I'm never taking the tire off the rim. I've never had any issues like that. So I'm very interested in the concept. And yeah, again, I, I'm just interested in what people's thoughts are on this, whether we're now 
making things hard for the camera because that makes good content. And I'm listen, I'll put my hand up. I'm cool. I enjoy watching those shows. And if that's the reason, I'm good with it. But are we breeding a group of four-wheel drivers now that believe that if you do not have yes. forage select, 37s, double locks, fridge, awning, camper trailer, tent, blah, 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 then all of a sudden we end up going down this rabbit hole where people don't want to go camping because they see this. They're that scared. Like, I mean, how many times do you see on, say, Facebook or something like that, they're all super worried about going up Big Sandy at Five Rocks. And, and honestly, like, in the worst conditions ever you know we've towed trailers up in the middle of summer so again i hope i'm not i don't know pulling the veil or something like that and i know not many people really will probably you know that, that will affect this message because most of our guys are hardcore forward drivers that are interested in it anyway but i just think it's interesting and I'm, I'm interested in the general consensus or the thought process of whether it's just great tv and i'm cool with that if we're just making great tv cool but some of the stuff that I see, some of the people that are insta-famous, man, they make things look hard. Yeah, and I think probably one of the things, DC, is, um, you know, what happens if you start doing damage to a car? Like, so we've had this discussion, and we'll talk about Big Sandy because that's just our local sort of hard four-wheel drive hill. Um, yeah, you, 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 sometimes you'll pull up and you'll see people in there, you know, they're riding the clutch and they're burning their clutch out and the car's getting hot and, you know, they're having all these dramas. And you say to them, hey, man, like, what are your tire pressures on? Oh, I'm on 16. Like, just go a little bit lower. Like, hey, you don't even have to go to four. Like, maybe try 10. Yeah. Like, let, let's see where this goes. And, oh, you know, no, I don't want to don't want to roll a tire off the rim or I don't want to damage a bead. You know, that'll cost me like 400 bucks. And you're like, mate, you, like, you're cooking your motor, you're cooking your clutch, like, Gearbox is broken. Gear, yeah. what you, Particularly what you in auto, you know, like yeah. it, it getting very hot. Yeah. Because, you know, even the thing, like we say, like let your tires right down, get out of the situation that you're in, like, you know, maybe go 100 metres up the track and then pump them up. Well, like, I, and I should clarify that. that. You're exactly right. I probably didn't say that and I meant to say that. I literally only drive from the base of Big Sandy. Yes. Let my tires right down. Idle up Big Sandy, tow on my trailer, which everyone sort of says can't be done, but it, I'm telling you it can be done. Idle all the way to the top, pump my tires up, yes. drive in. There's no issue. And I think that, yeah, I mean, that's that's just smart. And it takes me 20 minutes to do or 10 minutes yeah. to do that, you know, with new stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, like, um, yeah, I think it, it's very interesting that it's it's become this thing that, you know, they'd rather muck around for hours with max tracks and digging and you see them on beaches and they're winching sideways and mm. all they had to do was let their tires down. Like, yeah. Drive 100 metres and then pump them back up. But it does make good television yeah. yeah yeah it does it does but you know and, and it creates a bit of action and a bit of adventure and a bit of excitement and stuff like that and and i guess maybe for the people out there but, but i was about to say maybe for the people out there that don't have air compressors and stuff like that but if you can afford winches and max tracks and everything like that you can afford onboard well, air it should it should be your first thing. yeah so yeah stuff the max tracks stuff the tent Stuff that you air, can you can swag it with an air compressor. Air compressor and uh, a good snatch strap and though that's another thing. Good Josh, I'm glad you brought that up. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're going four wheel driving and don't have your own snatch and strap and and uh, you know a couple of shackles, then you're off your head. Like because that's one of the big things we see it all the time, don't we, Josh? We're very most people are very happy to help out. Yes. But when all of a sudden it's like oh, I don't have any gear, you're like 
oh, hold on, mate, what are, what are we doing here? Like, you know, like if you don't even have the first part of it, unless you're a complete novice. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting, Josh, because I'll, I'll tell you a little story. We, we are really on the tire pressures here tonight. But in I pulled up, said, let your tires down. He's like, oh, no, no, no. Old mate snatch and strap him, was hardly moving. Like, you know, you see it all the time on Inskip, Bogdan Inskip. Bogdan Inskip, yeah. Old mate's fine. If you haven't got any momentum, if, if the car towing is yes. basically bogged, yes. you guys are stuck. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Anyway, they mucked around probably for 10, 15. JC Senior turned up at this time too. We're, we're all just like, there's cars parked everywhere on that entrance. And they got out at the end. And he basically threw his hands in the air and said, see, like the fact that he was proud that they got that thing out, they should have been ashamed of themselves, mate. If he's listening to that, <laughs> you come and see me, lad. I'll, I'll teach you a thing or two because, my goodness, or Phil Benson will anyway. He, <laughs> he'd be disappointed in that action because, and I'm just surprised by that attitude that nowadays, like we, again, he, he was dead set proud of the fact that he got out without letting his tires down. And when did that become a thing? Old JC Senior, he would have knocked me out. And like, no, you really. JC he Senior, should have a few more times, yeah, maybe. He probably should have. But yeah. listen, I'm, all I guess I'm saying to you is it's, it's a very interesting concept when you can see without a shadow of a doubt what difference that makes and then you still choose not to, well, what do I want to say? Do the right thing, follow the, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like imagine, I, I guess what you're saying is you're right. So you're somewhere and you're stuck and someone gets stuck right behind you or has to pull up because you're stuck and you get out of the way and then they take off exactly from where you're stuck and just cruise on up the hill and then they sort of you know you get to the top and you say what was the difference and they go no oh, i'm on 10 psi and you go oh, i'm on 18 like that pardon me that's really the only difference like surely you'd start to think to yourself Maybe I should let me tires down a little bit more. Yeah. But in saying that, DC, we are just fiends for low tire oh, pressure. Proper, ladies, yeah, proper fiends. Josh Curran used to pull his bows out when he had D locks on a high locks on 37s because yeah. that's, uh, that's the way it worked best. So, it, it was the way it worked, but it's not a joke, they yeah. Nowhere. They would not come out, so yeah. I'm so going to claim another thing. I reckon ARB come up with their valve remover idea because of, I just used, yeah, I just used to pull the valve out. Yeah. Russ Mason saw it. Yeah, and, way faster. <laughs> Yeah. No, listen. So anyway, don't follow us. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that you follow us. But yeah, it's just an interesting one that I'm. I'm a bit, a bit worked up on the influence thing at the moment. Oh, I don't know. Maybe people might think we're doing it with this podcast and bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, we have no no claim to fame or anything like that. But we. I guess I'm just saying. I see a lot of sneaky moves from the influence, and I, I get it. Ladies and gentlemen, I get it. They're trying to sell some products. They're trying to make a living. They got sponsors. I, oh, they got sponsors. I get it. But there should also be a parody where the average Joe that's watching this, because there is a lot of people getting into forward driving now because of the social media, because of YouTube, because of COVID. COVID couldn't, couldn't travel these, overseas. Yeah, all the people decided yep. and all those things have influenced great people. And I, it's, a, it's a huge. I love it because I think there's nothing better. Again, see, this is we're, we're getting a bit passionate about this. Like, people will probably typecast this as on road races, but yeah. actually not. More and more, I would travel before I'd go off road racing. I love off road racing. I'm very passionate about it. But the flip side is, I also love going to Cape. I love going to 
think. I love going to the and we do it as a trip where we go through the desert, don't we? So yeah, yeah, it's it's something where I think that um, just the beauty and nature that we have around Australia, we're, we're so so lucky. Yeah, you know every trip that we've ever done through, you know, West well, two thousand sixteen, the Jimco was prepped, ready to race, and um, we didn't race fink instead we rode motorbikes out across the simpson desert because it was something dad wanted to always do so we um yeah we decided we not to race a, we have a good one coming up soon i, I don't know if you're well josh knows about this because he's got to find a car our new thing what's is, your white chief doing yeah bro she's back yeah, yeah tell me and we'll get it going yeah yeah well that's i'm thinking yeah, yeah the moral of the story is we're doing a no roof trip to Oof. is our new thing and we're going to attempt to do the eastern beaches so it's going to be a good run through there, and uh, yeah, we'll do all the. Tra- but basically, from from at least go no from the Dane Tree up, no roofs are allowed. So she's going to be dirty. It's going to be basically like a Canem trap trip, but in old junker jeeps. So and and anything else that Ed wants to come with uh, Suzuki's, no, Suzuki's early Land Cruisers, anything like Land Rovers. Yep. Oh, we could do your it. Your Y sixty two, and we cut the roof off. I'll cut it off if that's my only option at the end. Wow, it's your Y sixty two too. <laughs> anyway long story short is that uh yeah there, there's some good fun things we love our off-road yeah we, i know that it's all about the entertainment and the fun yep we get it but um yeah it's just interesting because i i really do hope that one thing that can come out of the whole social media thing is that people can learn together and that people can realize that man you don't need a like you know even you think about how the, we roll loose that's everyone that knows us knows we roll loose like the Simpson Desert, like we were on a in a Ranger, style side Ranger with twenties on it. But it, well, I went to the Cape on twenty inch rims. It was the dumbest thing I'd done, but it was the rims that I had. You know what I mean? So you don't always have to be perfectly prepared, and per- sometimes that's part of the adventure. And you know, obviously, you want to make sure that you've got your 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 things lined up that are super important, like your maintenance and your oils and you know all that side of thing. But flip side of that is that you can do a lot with very little if you want to. So. Again, I just encourage you. I don't know if I'm uh, making much sense here or whether the Jack's talking a little bit too much, but yeah, uh, I definitely encourage you guys to, to get out, get amongst it, and enjoy your full driving and try some different things. Don't, you know, oh, Ruthie told me, and I love Ruthie too. You're a big Ruthie fan, but Ruthie said never go below 16. Don't worry about that, mate. Have a bit of a crack. Do, do some things different. Try some different things. Well, the Team Taylor boys just commented and said maybe a Manx buggy. Oh, Manx. Yeah, hey. To the oh, Cape, they're all in. Yeah, Let's yeah. Go. How would it rock crawl over those rock rackets? That hey, listen, that strap. Some of the stuff that you see them doing Baja and that, like the Volkswagens, they go everywhere. So yeah, that'd be that would be pretty fun for sure. But yeah, no, it, it's interesting. We're talking about Taylors. This leads. It's a nice little segue. Four wheel drive show in Sydney's going on right now. So yes. there's some cool photos because actually this leads to two segues. Yes. Do you know what's back, Josh? And that's pretty darn cool. I don't. Uh, outer limits, four by no four. No way. Deadly serious. They are cranked up again. I see they're on Instagram. So at outer limits, four by four. Nothing to do with us, just so we clear. Yeah, I don't yeah. know who's involved with it. but I, We I, can't I, claim credit for this, no, unlike Bojangles. Correct. Yes. Yeah, we're definitely Bojangles. But um, yeah, true story is outer limits, four by four are back. Now, for all you young lads and <laughs> ladettes, that was the forum of hardcore rock crawling off-road racing everything back well off-road racing but it was like pre-ultra four you know tough truck all that it was mad smack talk man oh. so people like giggles used to just run a ride on that joint but um 
you know, uh, Matty Shields. Oh, there was yeah. there was tons of good guys. Sandy Bowman was involved. Yes. You know, there's, there's lots of guys back in the fours driving days. There was heavy winch challenge conversation. There was heavy. So our limits four by four. If we uh, get the get the forum life cranking again, might have to get yes. back on and log on. What if my login is still working? No, they reckon it works. So you know, if you're an our limits guy, you know, Brooke Marrington was on there yep. and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah. All those tough tough guys. So. Um, yeah, anyway, and there was a lot of good info on there as well, like uh, a lot of good tech forums and stuff. Absolutely, For, forums, 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 yeah. yeah, a lot of tech forums that uh had some really good information about, yeah, you know, suspension geometry, things like that. Yeah, yeah so it's because it was like Pirate. So, if you're hmm. you, if you have any idea what Pirate 4x4 was, it was like the Australian version of Pirate, which was pretty cool. So, you know, again, probably had some desert racing, but it wasn't too desert racing heavy. but no. Yeah, Outer Limits was uh, definitely pretty cool back in the day, and they, they had fired back up, and that was because I saw photos that they'd shared. I, I don't, you know, how the algorithm works and all that sort of stuff, but it had ended up um, they shared a, a picture of a really cool GU wagon that's at the Sydney Four Wheel Drive Show. So there's some really cool, uh, truly modified stuff, not yes. just uh, <clears throat> I don't really nine series cruisers. Um, there, there is some pretty darn cool cars, unlike some. You know. <laughs> anyway, uh. Yeah, so the moral of the story is, yeah, check that out. Outer Limits 4x4. So, Dan, when did 79s come out? No. Oh, don't you start that. Don't you start. If you didn't realise, ladies and gentlemen, that 79s originally had round headlights and thin cab, I can't help you. That's the end of statement. Do you like that? I do like that. But, um, yeah, good to see that the the Sydney 4-wheel drive show cranking along. And, yeah, there's... um, Hopefully, some very cool rigs. I'm looking forward to the photos that will uh, that will come out over the weekend. We might share a few on our um, on our page as well with the with one of our sponsors, the Race Wheels Australia boys, being down there as well. So there you go. We were just talking about influences on uh, social media as we just give one of our sponsors a absolute shameless plug. Are you just trying <laughs> to sell methods, mate? Is that what you're doing? Well, you know, tire pressures down low. Method uh, have B grip technology. technology. had affected someone's thought process where they thought they couldn't do something when they should have done it. Yes. I don't know if that all makes sense, but that's where I was going with the conversation. Yeah, that's- you'd hate someone to be like, I'm not going to start camping or touring now because I can't afford all the good gear. And- if I don't have methods and 35-inch Toyos on my GU, I can't go to King Kuna. Yes, you can. Yep. Yes, you can. Yep. Come on. It, it's a good goal to save up and get them. Yes. Your car will look mean on methods and uh, with a set of Toyos. Mean as, bro. Australia. Yes. You like that? See, I stuck it in there. Yes, but the moral of the story is that yeah, yeah, uh, lots of lots of adventure can be had in the four wheel drive scene just by having a red hot crack, and I love red hot crack. But yeah, no, it's interesting. So out of limits because they're definitely something to get onto, and if you're not involved with it and you're a bit younger and you don't know what the out of limits thing was, oh man, they they were good days. There was, like you said, plenty of shock tuning information on there. Lots of the stuff that we learned. Um, you know, to do with the Jimco and that, and like, you know, it was to do with working with Pirate and, and Outer Limits and bits and pieces. And then obviously we had a lot of good help within Australia too, 
you know, with Mike Shock Shop and also with Kings um, America, like when we had a bit of chat with, uh, I mean, you can't go past Henry too. Some of the information that he gave us with our Jimco, yes, you know, really did change the way we thought about it. So, yes. I mean, that's some pretty cool stuff that's going on for sure. So, but yeah, it's cool that you can get this information in, in a free to air sort of a way yeah. to where they you know, someone's not getting paid to tell you. It's, it's actually, you yes, know, real information. Yeah. And there's opposing, uh, yeah, viewpoints, viewpoints as Absolutely. well. Yep, 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 about about different ideas, and then you can head off into the the rest of the interweb and do the research for yourself and see um, to see where you end up. Yeah, because particularly with anything forward driving, anything overland, anything you know, any of that sort of stuff, man, there's many many ways to skin a cat, isn't there? So, are you calling it overlanding now, what rather than touring? Touring? What do you want to call it? <laughs> I'm just merely saying that uh, you, whatever you want to do, whether even rock crawling, yes, you want to go to tough truck. Like no two cars are really the same, are they? No. Yeah. So actually, a bit of a shame. Tough truck cancelled. Tough truck got cancelled this year. So is that COVID related? No, it was to do with. Uh, I believe it was to do with rain and water. Coffee. Yeah. So the the Milbardale area, they had huge predicted rains, and essentially they didn't think that they were going to be able to do the prep that they needed to in that yep. weather. So that that's what I read into it. So yes. And it's, it's hard because obviously, you know, we've run some very small events and been involved with behind the scenes events. There was obviously a lot of people that were disappointed, rightfully so. Yep. I get it. But um, to throw it at the organisers is a bit crazy. Because yeah, you can't admit, control the weather. You know, when there's only a month to go or something and you've got torrential rain. Yeah, predicted for, like the weekend will probably be fine. Yes. But that doesn't mean that the the rain leading up for the late in the last yeah, you know, you think about some of those. Uh, Gunda Windy got cancelled a couple of times, mm. and that was it was the rain leading up to it. it. The day of the race, it wasn't actually raining, but yeah. in the week leading up to it, there was so much rain that you know, what do you do? You can't do much about it. That's for sure. You, yeah, Gundy had a rough run. Oh, a tough truck is in the middle of a rough run at the moment. Yeah, it's been pretty pretty hard. When oh, I'm just once again guessing. It's it's been a couple of years, hasn't it? Like yeah. I don't think tough trucks run since 2019. Yeah, yeah, pre-COVID, I think. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, but it's been tough. So there's been a few because they've uh, definitely that tough events and promotions. They run a good ship. Like, I mean, yep. it's a good event. Pete puts on good stuff down there. But um, I, I know that he likes to do it right. Yeah. So that's probably a key to it. So, yeah, yeah that's interesting. And that's and that's the hard part if they half-ass it just to get it on. Well, then people will be blowing up about the tracks aren't prepped properly and this and that. It's hard to keep a lot of people happy. Yeah, the old damned if you do, damned if you don't yes. sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But they, they, listen, there's still plenty of racing going on around the place too. Like um, Ben English, we've got to get him on the pod, Josh. Yes. Yeah, Ben, so if you're listening, mate, hook us up, brother. We're, we're keen to come and catch up with you. We'll, we'll get on your well, slide into the DMs yeah. or something like that because, um, yeah, we want to we catch up and talk Oz 4. Or Ultra Four because they are affiliated now with the American brand, which is pretty darn cool. Yes, there was a little bit of competition <laughs> in the early days, but I think that's what? all working. Yeah, <laughs> who would have thought competition in off roading? But yeah, no, it's a, it's pretty darn cool what they're doing now, and it's cool that they've got lots of good uh, properties. Good properties, yeah, mm. really good. I believe they had to scramble a bit with um, Land Cruiser Mountain Park getting sold, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people were a little bit. Uh, snuck up on. I mean, we all knew that it was a possibility. It just, yeah, just uh, Land Cruiser Mount Park has been such a mainstay for so long, hasn't it? Such a staple. Right? Staple of the opera. Staple. And see, probably for all you guys over in WA and whatnot, you're like, yeah, there's Land Cruiser Mount Park. Yeah, what's that about? But in, in Queensland, yeah. for four-wheel drivers, that yep. was like, 
there was a lot of good parks and there is a lot of good parks around but that was the one yeah yeah well i guess it's probably kind of like for anyone listening like love day four by four adventure park like Mm. it's probably in south australia like the land cruiser mountain park was like the queen nah not yet bro yeah sorry a bit slow mate i'm you know i take this stuff seriously yeah (laughs) that's the kind of guy i am but uh yeah yeah they are doing some some awesome stuff there for sure yeah no that's exactly right and yeah. cool cars and great to see some some of the ultra four cars cross over yeah in the in the class eight racing as well like yeah yeah i, I think it's pretty cool that they uh they are eligible to do that yeah no i think it's a cool thing that's definitely going on now and It'll be interesting, Josh, to see with this, uh, you know, next year we're going to the seven-litre rule in the off-road racing scene. That will be interesting to see who comes out of the woodworks to race. You know, a lot of those 6.2-powered cars and, you know, the seven-litre LS-motored-powered things, you know, anything that's not super-turbocharged, there would be a lot of cars in that 400-cubic-inch range that are available. Yes. I saw one the other day, actually, there was a really cool Jimmy's built four-wheel drive for sale on, on Facey. I think it was on Facey. Yep. Yeah, no, it's it wasn't a bad price either, Josh. It had a decent motor, decent stuff. It was like sixty. Oh, that's not yeah. a bad. Yeah, not a bad yeah. way to get racing, eh? Yeah, that's a like lot of fun. Yeah. Oh man, and it did go quick. You know what I mean? Like those Jimmys are no joke. Solid axle, front, rear. Not like the prep would kill you. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Prep is expensive, but ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever, ever owned a road off-road race car, you'll know prep is a killer. But the flip side is it, it had all the right parts to start off with. We had this chat with billy last week about you know the right car built for the right parts to start with the right parts to start off with yes yeah and how that makes a big difference yep. yeah yeah and i, I think it, oh yeah no go no no i was getting i was swinging back around to the sydney four-wheel drive show and it'd be interesting to see some more photos over the weekend we'll try to like i said share them with bits and pieces about what's going on um in sydney you know like what what are cars what new stuff they've got down there because, yeah, hopefully there's a whole heap of a host of full drives and bits and pieces down there because there's plenty of cool stuff. I'll tell you what is cool. Uh, it, it, like, have you seen uh, Patriot Games' new Jeep they've just built on 40s and everything? And it's meant to be road registered. So that's going to be interesting. They did it all pre-rego. So on okay, 40s? On 40s. It's got diner tracks under it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there with that, whether that. Oh, are they are they based out of Queensland? They are. Yeah, yeah, they're out of Goldie. That's where they're interesting. Is. Yeah, so listen, I'm I, I think the last video I wonder if I you'll get slapped with a few tickets. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> yeah, it's like a good slap apparently. <laughs> yeah, so anyhow, continue on with your story. Yeah, 40s, Dyna tracks. Yeah. yeah. So they've done a there's a M- motor, motor modification or no, running the V6. Running the V6. Yeah, and they had a. I did see that they've got you know like a few computer integrators and bits and pieces. I'm sure there's people that are smarter than me out there that have have watched and been interested in that sort. sense to me because i thought that unless you use but it must be a new rule like with the queensland with so bolt-on style for the suspension yeah yeah right. i didn't think you're allowed to do that with himes and bits and pieces but maybe nowadays the rules have changed a little bit back when i was like mad keen on modifying like you had to use still like say if you wanted to go long arms you had to use like late uh long trailing arms out of like say a cruiser or something using factory bushes Hmm. you know you had to do a lot of like the engineering wise they wanted factory parts if that makes sense yes 
And um, yeah, because I know Fats um, Fabrication was quite into doing a few things like that. I, I can't imagine it was cheap. Like, I, and that's not a shot at Fats. I'm saying to do that level of engineering is not cheap. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to know where that fits into that. All I can tell you, Josh, is the last episode that they dropped on YouTube. I'm very confident it was on a trailer, and I don't believe it was registered at that point. So <laughs> whether that's an issue or not, I don't know. But I guess we'll find out at some point. They may have got to the Department of Transport, and they're just like, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah, Are you pulling the piss? Actually, I'll tell you what. Talk about pulling the piss. I'm pretty sure it had, like, core flute or Bunnings guarding edging, like, flares on it, too, because it's it's pretty wide man it's got like well a, yeah with those dyna tracks in it yeah well you've got to go wide to make it so that you clear the 40s haven't you so you know it's going to rub on chassis rails with you know the standard width axles and bits and pieces in it so yeah it's going to be interesting to see how that is it goes. is it a rubicon it's a rubicon gladiator yeah so what are they coming out with factory tire size 33s well that's an interesting one too because i I thought that Rubicon's in Australia at the moment. Man, I should know this being a Jeep guy. So, ladies and gentlemen, slay me in the comments if, uh, you know, like that's a that's a real thing. But I thought they came out with 32s because I thought Australia never got the high hood option, which we get robbed in Australia. There's no question about that. But, um, yeah, I think it, we get the low hood and 32s, and therefore you couldn't run 35s on them legally. You had to run the 34s. So, yeah, I don't believe that we ever got the 33s. So, no, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it because, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, if they get it legally registered, well, here you go. Josh, I'm firing back into influences everywhere. This is what I'm doing. Because this is another interesting one about the whole influencer game is that there's a lot of cars, uh, mate, I'm not pointing the finger. I'll put my first hand up. Like, all my cars now are legal because I'm an old man. And I don't like tickets. But I went through the phase, like, I had a Jeep on 37 with no mod plates. You know what I mean? Like, that. We have cages and bits and pieces. That car is now unregistered. The cops got it. That's the way it is. You pay your fines. You know, back in the day, it was pretty loose and ready. And, but nowadays, like, do we have some duty of care as influencers to make sure, like, can you run 37s on a GU and run it down around town and not be mod-plated on that and have it on YouTube? Like, oh, here we go. Throw on all the shade. Can we do DPF deletes and <laughs> not have any issues? Like, where, where... Where does the onus of influencers in the four-wheel drive scene now come back? Like, are you just allowed to do anything? And we go, oh, well, it's just a grain of salt. Because like, I'm cool with that if that's the answer. Yes. I'm just interested in having a conversation around what uh, level of, I don't want to say the word repercussion because there's no repercussion, but what level should we hold these people to that if they're supplying information to the internet, to the general consumer, should they be held higher than just the average Joe that's just driving around? Mate, there's plenty of 18 year olds just skidding around on that GU with 37s and they're having a fat old time. And hey, I don't, I don't really care. They're not really telling anyone what they can and can't do. Yep. Does that make sense? Am I, am I fair in saying that comment? Should we, should we hold these Instagram guys to a little higher level where they're like, oh, well, you know, because hey, listen, I'll, I'll put my. Patriot Games, they, they probably deserve credit in the sense that they're in the process of trying to get it engineered and legal. Yes. And they're saying that. They're working with that. What's the deal with the dude that has the GU Ute with 37s and he's just skidding around and everyone in the man and his dog knows that thing's as illegal as anything? Is that the right thing to be putting out as content? Oh, he's Ooh. thinking about it. He's, yeah. he's thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've caught me a bit off guard. Because I, I don't I listen again. So, 
this as a podcast. We're just chatting. I don't personally have an issue with it. Yeah. I'm, I'm smart enough as my history to know that car that if I drive it down the road, if, yeah, I, yeah. if I put yeah. 37s on my Jeep and drive it down through your boot, I'm probably getting the ticket. That's what's happening. Yes. But should I be held not liable? I don't like that word in it. But, but is there some sort of level of, well, if I'm giving people information about how they should four-wheel drive and what they should do and, you know, the car should be legal. Nah. No, you like nah, that? Nah, common sense got to come back in to the world. People got to be people got to be smart enough to realise that, like, like I, I, I like it. Oh, so I can live with that, but what happens to the, the dude that never had the old school father that kept him in line? They're just getting into four-wheel driving now. I'm being, being real. Dad, dad's a computer. Wow, I'm starting to say like, they, but you know what I mean? Like they've never had anything to do with cars. They drove a Corolla all their life. Old mate down the street goes, oh man, I'm into this four wheel driving thing. They're hooked. They buy themselves a GUU. They put 37s on it, have a crash and they've got no in- insurance. They go, but I saw old mate on the internet. Has he got no insurance? Yeah, but if old mate on the internet jumped off a cliff, would you do it? No, but that might be a bit different. Yeah. Yeah, I just think. I don't know because does anyone? So as a lecky, I guess as a lecky, right? Where it's just our job. Uh it's the onus is on us to keep up to date with rules and regulations and everything like that. Like when there's a new update to AS three thousand, it's on us to keep up to date, not on the electrical department. Now I know there's a difference because no lecky, but hey, there are leckies out there that are putting I, stuff I, on YouTube. I like this statement. Yeah. I, I understand yep. where you're going. So as a licensed driver, the onus is on you. To know that your car's legal. Yes. Oh, mate, I, all, actually, all our, all I our, actually love that answer. That's all, fine. All our work use, uh doesn't matter whether uh, any car that you drive doesn't matter. I could get in, I could be down in Brizzy catching up with BT and Elise and one of their mates has a few too many beers and says, hey, Joshua, can you drive my car home? I drive his car home for him and uh, uh, it's unregistered. I get pulled over. The onus is on me. Mm. Gee, that's rough though, isn't it? It is, it? It is rough. Say it like that, that's no, rough. no, it is rough. It is rough. But that is where the world's at. Yep. And I guess it's not that hard to – in the now maybe 20 years ago before the internet – but in this day and age of information, because as much information as uh, the influencers are putting out there, there is enough information for you to be able to look up and work out what's legal for your car and what's not. Very true. Yes. Like so if it. you've got the time to watch these social media influencers, you also have the time to probably check and see what's legal for your car. Ooh. There you go. Common sense, bro. I, I, like I, it. I think it. I think it. Oh, but I worry that. See, you just said common sense. That's it's the it's not common. Like. It's not common. I know, but. But people being responsible for their own actions, how about that? Yep. No, no. I like it. Because otherwise, you know, where does the world go? You know, like, so then, okay, V8 supercars are on TV, and I've seen old Deeper Squally try and put a last-minute pass on Gizzy. So <laughs> I'm racing BT's mate home because we're ddp in it, and... Uh, I don't know about this. I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> no, no, but you know, hey, I saw, I saw this on TV. Mm. Yeah, no, no. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. This is just a conversation, but I, I don't agree. Not agree. Well, I, 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 your point of view is very much the law. Yes, I, that, I, that, that, I guess that's where I was the, going. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who 
has put 40s on a Jeep. And if you put 40s on your Jeep and go do the right thing and drive around. And, and again, to clarify that statement, the Patriot Games guys are actually doing the right thing with respect to trying to engineer it, getting it sorted out. They're, they're talking about that side of it. So there's, there's no issue with that, just to clarify it from our point of view. I'm just interested in, yeah, whether, yeah. But I, I, I also totally agree with your statement. Like at the end of the day, if you're into four-wheel driving, you should know enough to have a look at the Department of Transport Board or whoever yeah. is the governing body in your area and go, oh, well, that's not legal. And therefore, I can't use that as a, as a defence of getting out. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, like you said, we're trying to steer a little away from it in this podcast, but uh, off-road racing, it's not on... You know, you rock up to the race and your car's not legal. It's no one's fault but your own. Yeah. Um, and and cams may have had a oh, Motorsport Australia or a double ASA may have had a real change about requiring a blue light rather than you know just the original amber dust light. That's on. It's on you to keep up. Yeah. Yeah, but that's sort of just my my take on it a little bit. Yeah. No, I agree. I like that. So I got a question here. Uh, just from uh, Josh Graveling, he says, as a young bloke with a car, I know we are sometimes targeted by police. It's up to you be, to be the person behind the wheel to take, sorry, not a question, a statement, to take the person to, the person behind the wheel to take the responsibility in the end. Yep. Don't, don't disagree in any way. Thanks for agreeing with me, Josh. I, I ignored every other comment that was against me. And no, yeah. I didn't really. I didn't really. <laughs> no, but I, and again, I can, I can totally sum it that back, and, and it, it's the law at the end of the day. I do agree, but I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just interested in this. I've, I've been thinking about it a lot this week for some reason. And again, I, I'm not knocking anyone. If you're making a, a living out of four-wheel driving and, and doing YouTubes and doing videos and all sorts of stuff, well, then congratulations. Like, that's awesome. I, I'm pumped. And I enjoy personally watching most videos, like, you know, like uh, Matt Preston and TJ Jack. Like, I, I love watching their videos. They're, they're a hoot. I must admit, I'm pretty disappointed Matt for, uh, you know, getting out of the range. The range was the greatest thing ever. I don't know what he did there, but I even told him. But anyway, but the moral of the story is that, um, you know, it, it's entertaining content. Yes. And that's great. And that's what we're here for. Like, you know, we need a, uh, it's the new thing, isn't it? Like, you know, we put the iPad on or put it on the smart TV or whatever and, crank it up and, and have a watch and it's very enjoyable to get out of our day-to-day life and enjoy particularly tj jack does some amazing edits. very good edits very yes good. So, yep. yeah so uh what do you think the answer is then dan do you think that it's a, a case that we can have people um looking after themselves yeah yeah like i think people do need to be a bit responsible for themselves and i think it's it's one of those interesting ones where, you know, yeah, I don't think influencers can be to blame for people driving illegal cars or anything like that. I think it's just one of those ones where it's up to you. And and I guess I would much rather watch, as a person consuming content, I would much rather watch cool content than watch, like, you know, I'd, I'd much rather see them, you know, at Land Cruiser Mountain Park on a 70, you know, on a... um I was going to say 79, anyhow, in a GU or something like that or, or something cool that had big tires, you know, lift, a cool motor, stuff like that. Like, heck, I love, you know, things like Cornick's Turbo GU Patrol. Now, you know, that's a awesome bit of kit and stuff like that. 
and and you know, I would rather see modified stuff than one hundred percent legal stuff on uh, you're, you're on not, social media. You're not suggesting that Cornick's car isn't. No. No, you know, like yeah, I wouldn't. know. it's a hundred percent street legal. I guess so. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I've never seen Cornick post anything of it going over the, over the, you know, getting approved by the DOT or anything like that. And I wouldn't watch that. Don't care. I wouldn't watch it. I would, no, I'm just saying. Wouldn't watch it. Wouldn't care. I, I, I would much rather just see the content of the car doing something cool. God, hey, listen, I like it. I like it. I've got better things to do. <laughs> Where have you really, though? Uh, some days. Uh, anyone, is it Mullet? Definitely not Mullet, mate. That's uh, you farm that work out. <laughs> That's for the plebs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, hey, listen. So I enjoy. I think we've had a good debate. I hope that again, everyone in the comments has a bit of a debate about that. But just something that interests us. Again, can't suggest this enough. Don't have a real. What a, a dog in the fight. Don't have a dog in the horse fight. in the race. Not, not really stressed about it. Enjoy watching the content. Don't yeah. have an opinion. Yep. But well, you do like, have an opinion. Uh, I don't know if I do because I don't have an issue with it either way. Yep. If you want to run 37s and put it on YouTube, that's on you. I, I don't have an issue with it as such. Well, I, I got an opinion. Keep doing what they're doing. Yeah. Don't change it. Don't don't be putting 33s back on your GU because that's 100% street legal. Yawn. 100%. Yeah. It says Josh Curran that had a Hilux on 37s and, and told the cop lady that it was has DOT stamped on it. So it Did it? DOT. Did it have DOT stamped that's on the, the sidewall? Lie. But no, 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 it's not a lie. It was DOT on the sidewall. Mm, yes. Mm. I rest my case. Lawyered. 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 <laughs> Rowan King, if you listen, sign me up, bro. Got it sorted. No, no. I, I'm just saying, as, as a content consumer, I would rather watch interesting stuff than 100% road legal stuff. I love it. Yep. Very good. So that's my opinion. I do have an opinion. There you go. Yep. Josh, Josh is throwing it out. Nah, keep doing it. He loves it. Yeah. Mac, Mac Preston, if you're there, just phone. Go for it. Just. 40s on the cruiser next to it tomorrow. Don't be scared, homie. 42s. Don't be scared, homie. Well, yeah, CVs in the Toyota are very scared. Just throw them out there. I'm sure Longfield makes something for him. Is Longfield a thing anymore? Don't know. Yeah, yeah, don't know. They were. They were pretty indestructible in the front of that the Hilux. Best. Yeah. They were the best yeah. back in the yeah, day. The early ones were legit. They're probably still floating around somewhere. Oh. Probably still getting punished. Were they in the front? Did they end up in a, a Mick Benson yes. Hilux? Yep. I wonder what that thing's doing now. There's a Hilux sitting in, the shed in Rocky that had all the fruit. It ended up with all the good bits in it. Well, I, I was talking to Dad the other day, and I said, I do, at the time, I did swap it straight for that red TJ, and it was very cool. But probably my biggest regret of letting cars go was letting that Hilux go. Yeah, right. Yep. wonder if you'd think that now, though. Wonder if that's a that's a era. Thing. Yeah, is it is you, it uh, rose colored glasses? Yeah, because you had some fun. One in the TJ. So, yeah, hundred percent. So Josh's backstory is that a dude came. Actually, it was our cousin. Cousin. Yeah. Came and offered him a straight swap for this EFI thirty-seven inch tired single cab style side. It was a really, it was a beat up body, but it was very, rust free. It was rust free. Rust free. It was very hard to get. Style side. Style side long cab. It's beautiful. Really cool. You had a flexi glass canopy. It was true early American rock crawler. No mm. bars, no nothing, like all factory, just with 37 low, one inch lift. Yep, one inch lift, one inch body lift. Yeah, it was it was a very interesting and cool. Some sneaky cuts mm. into the body in places. Yep. But yes, yeah, one inch lift. All legal, I hope. 
No. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't want to bring that back up. Anyway, long story short is that it swapped straight for a Jeep. Well, then, Josh, you swapped it straight for a Superman. So, I mean, if yes. you look at it as a progression, yeah. like you had a good time doing that. Yes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. there probably is a case of rose-colored glasses. Yeah. I think it's just probably the fact that with older cars, they're not getting state the obvious idiot but they're not getting made anymore yeah. so like where do you track one of those down yeah we well we talked about on the pod with um mick taylor from race yep. australia yeah how hard it is to get to one of those 80 81 highlights yes that, is it any good yep. listen there's a few out there but they're they're junk actually shouting out to a heap of people sent me links <laughs> yeah. to them. well that's probably the thing as well like i i guess at the stage i'm in in my life like i like there was some good ones, and yeah, shout out to all the people that did well, send it. Because Duffield's listening, he's talking yeah. about the game, isn't he? Because you offered him one, yeah, and then he didn't do it. No, so. well, and that's oh, what, yeah, no. but, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I guess at, at the stage of my life, I got two little twin girls at home and everything like that. Like, so what you're saying is you don't miss it? Um, no, I do, <laughs> I do miss it. I just don't know if I've got seven or eight grand to drop on a toy at this point in my life, particularly yeah. when the Jimco needs some love as well. That You know, there's some money to be spent there to finish that thing off. So, but, but that's what I'm saying. If I didn't let it go, I'd still have it. Yeah. So I wouldn't need the $8,000. Yeah. yeah, true. Cause I'm popo, mate. I'm just a poor lecky trying to get by day by day. <laughs> you lot listening to this cause I don't know what he's doing. Right. But, Gee, where, where were we going with that? I you know, I was just saying how much I yeah I love four driving. Yeah, it, it is, mate. It's it's where all of our friends that we have now is actually where we met them. You know, like yeah. you think about guy, you know, Billy. That's how we met him. Sean Swaffield, Aaron Benson, BT. You know, well, Luke we, Ayres. We're, go, we're going wheel and smart. Yeah, we're going for a play up through Byfield, ending up at Fivey. So you know, like all that sort of stuff. That's that's the sort of stuff that is our bread and butter. People sort of think that we've fallen away from four-wheel driving. We, we don't. Once a month, we will do a decent wheel. We'll go camping somewhere. We'll do some trip. Like, mm. yeah, we sort of are much more in-house than we used to do because, like you said, kids and yep. life changes a little bit. But, yeah, we're, if, you, if you're interested, we're still we're still wheeling. <laughs> we're still doing plenty. We're still, yeah, having a good time. Yep. So, yeah, yep. it's interesting. Hey. So. So. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, when Josh says so, he's getting what, ready for some interesting facts. Well, just a, a big news. Like we said, we, we we most of our off-road racing, but some big news in off-road racing this week is Motorsport Australia have announced that in 2023 for the Australian Championship won't be at St. George. It'll be at Charters Towers. Yeah, that's an interesting one, Josh. I'm not sure. Listen, uh, one thing. First, first blanket statement. The work that the North Queensland as a whole in the off-road racing scene is doing at the moment, um, they are super, they deserve huge commendation. They're killing it. The North Queensland's four-wheel drives are four-wheel Off-road racing scene at the moment so strong between Burdekin and Don River Dash and all the other stuff and the Charters Towers. And, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of great people in that camp. So, listen, they can do it. There's no question about that. But the crazy bit for me, Josh, is the kilometres. Like, where in your poo? And I just Googled it. And it's like 790 kilometres. So it's further for us to go to Charters Towers to race from your poo in Rockhampton, like, you know, in central Queensland, than it is to go to, um, like, Gundawindi or to St. George. That's hard to fathom yeah. for people travelling from Victoria. Yeah. 
Western Australia. Western Australia. Well, I suppose. Listen, this sounds terrible. They go long when anyhow. You get to Western Australia. They, they. Oh, I feel for them. Those are the bread and butter, heart and soul off road races. Because if you're racing a full championship from off road race from um, Western Australia, you deserve a medal. And I don't say that lightly. Like that is a huge year yep. to race. Yep. But if you're racing out of say New South Wales, yep. Like it's very doable to do the east coast series yes like you know yeah yeah and you you know particularly with kalgoorlie being towards the end of the year you can make that sorry is it uh, not kalgoorlie um the western australia round yeah kalgoorlie right? kalgoorlie it can be it's towards the end of the year yep you can make that decision depending yeah on yeah how, how is your championship that's going not great for kalgoorlie as a club but it's a reality of racing and budget because yes. again i know we've said this a couple of times but ladies and gentlemen famous people have said if you want to start, uh, if you want to make a million dollars off road racing, you start with two million dollars and it's been a bit into off road racing, you'll have a million dollars. It's just yep. a waste. May as well put it in that money in that fire and just burn it. But I tell you what, we have a good time doing it. Yes. Yep. But it's interesting. So um, that, that was a statement that no one's getting rich off off road racing. So what I think's interesting is that, yeah, it, it's going to be one of those things that to go to Charters Town, it's going to be the first round, I assume, Josh, because that's where St. George was. Uh, maybe. Yeah, so they I haven't. Mean, I mean, obviously, they haven't released a calendar for next year. Yeah, but they have well, obviously got to fit into the existing calendar. Yes, but I guess they can shuffle a few things around. Maybe uh, you know some races that have been rain affected might be looking to shift earlier in the year. And mm -hmm. Charters Towers, it's pretty dry. It probably doesn't get too rain affected. Never rains in North Queensland. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it rains a lot of North Quiz. What are you talking about? Oh, right. you <laughs> it's are. actually been raining tonight while we're doing this. It yeah, was a no. beautiful afternoon this afternoon. I said, well, well, let's set up outside. And then it rains. Right. Damn, damn rain in my field. Yep. No, listen, yeah, I, I, I like it. It's uh, just going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a wild call, yep. personally. Yeah, they. So, how do you reckon that comes about? Cams, they just ring up and they're like, <laughs> hey, man, we want to run a national round. So, maybe the South. Does, is St. George not interested in next year? I mean, I don't know all the facts. Yeah. That might be a situation because, I mean, again, if you've been behind the scenes on any of this stuff, yeah, the, the requirements, and that's not a shot at any national round, like as in um, the logistics of just running a race is crazy, isn't it? I'm getting dry, Dan. Is what oh, I'm is saying. that what you're saying? Yeah, bud. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were telling me to put it in my right nah, hand. Like, no, going for the sign language. Yeah, copy copy oh good lad yeah so um what we were saying though is that yeah what were we saying i was saying George, yeah, yeah maybe so that they, maybe, maybe they don't want it because they they will still run a queensland round. like there's no question about that they'll still run down the southeast but they are super passionate about off-road racing there yes yeah it's a good club it's yeah it's a great I race surprised. um I, I, like you know we'd obviously been involved earlier on but we hadn't been for a couple of years and then to go to st george this year and the adversity that they had because of the weather yes and then to get around what they did you're like you know and still put on a relatively you know they lost probably what's one of the coolest viewing areas in off-road racing with the dams and everything like that they still put on a pretty bloody good spectator zone yeah. for, for people to see which is super hard in off-road racing absolutely super hard so yeah. like credit to saint george like if they want it in and they sort of got denied gee it's a bit bit rough on them yeah true yep but uh it'll be interesting to see because no doubt i mean someone knows the information they can tell us 
but the the interesting part, yeah, it, it will be a bit of a shuffle within what is a pretty solid calendar. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because particularly again early in the year it'll be pretty warm up in Charters Towers. You'd almost want to be trying to push Charters Towers back towards, a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Mate. Well, maybe that is one of the ideas. You know, bring something like Poon Carey forward or something like that, and um, you know, to when it's a little bit warmer in those colder places. Yep. And maybe Charters Towers is a bit of a, a winter race, but it's a long way to go. It is. It is when you talk about that. So for, yeah. for a brand new race. Yeah. But I but I guess at well, some point new race. I mean, no, no, yeah, yes. Running, just to clarify yes, that. yeah, so, for a brand new national. national but I guess yeah. at some point in time, every national was a brand new national. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Well, we've seen it in just the last 10 years that every other than Fink, they've had a complete change of nationals, haven't they? Yes. So, you know, like you said, we've had a few changes come and go. Yes. A few clubs stepping up to the plate. So I, I suppose the other side of that, Josh, is we should commend the Charters Towers and, and the, the club that's involved up there because if they've stepped up to fill a gap, well, good on them because that's something that is very, uh, I don't want to use the word overwhelming, but, you know, it's a full-on task to take on, isn't it? To take on running a national. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? Like, that's going to be a big, a big weekend. That's now going to take months of work. Yep. And different level of competitors as well. Yeah. Sure. You know, there's a lot more intensity yeah. in the competitors. Yeah, we've talked about how good Burdekin is. Oh, yeah, that, well, that, that year when Talbot's just like, geez, it's hot. Do you guys want to do more laps? You know, drink beers. And we're like, yeah, let's drink beers. So we, we pulled up early and then they shuffled and we started, like we pulled up an hour early on Saturday. Because it was hot. hot. It was, it was no, no, November in North Queensland is, yeah. is not... You know, it was like forty degrees and probably eighty percent. Keep racing was Clayton Chatley because he had aircon or something like that. I'm sure. <laughs> but oh, yeah, no, keep going. But yeah, forty degrees and probably you know seventy or eighty percent humidity. So they just shuffled and went. Well, let's pull up early today, and then we'll we'll start early tomorrow. So you know, the start time changed from nine o'clock to like seven thirty or something like that, and it was easy to organise because essentially they just. I think the vote was just yelling out of the pit. You know what I mean? So you probably can't do that with the national. Yeah. So it isn't, and understandable, you know, there's a lot more money. There's a lot more pride. There's a lot more, you know, there is a lot more at stake Yeah. compared to just running a state round. Again, especially if it's early on. I mean, oh, it doesn't hot, matter, but hot. particularly if it's early on in the season as well as hot, but I'm going to say that there's going to be a guys that are gunning for national points. Yeah, that's so right. They want them early. Yeah. You know, you start bringing in, the likes of Shannon Wrench and Josh Howells and all these guys, and again, nothing against them, but they're uber professional. Yep. They know what it takes to run at the front. Yep. They know what's involved. So, they're, they're, yeah, again, it's not going to be, like you said, oh, yeah, stuff the next laps. No, no, I need the, the next, next laps. laps. That's, yeah, that's, that's happening right. so I can get from second to first. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, right. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I tell you what, I'll go for a drive and check it out. Though, oh, it's close. Oh, that's the thing. It is close for us. Like, yeah, we, we can't really. I love how everyone. That's what you got to understand about Central Queensland people. Like we drive three hundred and fifty k's to work. Like that's a standard sort of run. So yep. yeah, to the seven eighty to uh, Charters Towers, that's just sort of like a a, a mid morning trip for us. So yeah, although I did see uh, Team Taylor just commented and said that uh, for them, it's essentially the same distance to Charters Towers, or I think a hundred k's less yep. from Charters Towers to Brizzy for them as it was to Puncarry. And that's so crazy when you talk about yes. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one because, again, I can't suggest this enough. I suppose the Victorians, they've got a short run in that situation down south, like when they, where they run around those nationals. But it is a big, big drive 
all the way up there, especially when that fits into now a championship that has Fink in it as well. As yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that, that's probably the thing because hey, listen, the flip side of that is national race, yep, it is truly national. You yeah, can tell that a big traveler national, yeah, so, yeah. I was gonna I say, yep. if you want to look at it like that, it's it's fair, fair, everyone's doing the same thing, yeah, but, yeah, I do agree, and, and I think probably one of the subjects that you brought up earlier is I think you know the North Queensland guys have been organising amazing races. Standout races. Yeah. Man, oh, no one's going to be disappointed. It's going to be a good time. Yep. But, yeah, just I wonder about the logistics of Well, it. but I don't know. Like, I mean, Mick and Tal would have their plate pretty full. Like, I can't probably – well, I know some of the conversations with Mick. Like, they've been working on organising Don River Dash stuff for the last six months. I don't know if they have time on their plate to yep. be able to get involved with Charters Towers. Maybe they do. I, I don't know, but probably with Don River, I can't really, and I can't see them shutting up shop on Don River no. because it's such an awesome. It doesn't need a championship. It doesn't need anything. It's just a, this incredible. It's like Fink. It's an incredible standalone race, yeah. like all off-road racing, and like every championship could dissolve in Australia, and you might see some of these races disappear. Don River would be there. Yeah, yeah, and Fink. Yep, for sure. Yes. No, I totally agree, and I think that again they hit a wide range of boxes in that. I think because one of that's the other thing is um, I'm not enough of a guru. I shouldn't be having an opinion on this just to, to prefix this conversation. But I I'm also interested in what uh, infrastructure is in Charters Towers too for a national level race. Like, yeah, you know, motels, accommodation, yeah, pools, pubs. Well, obviously, all of that stuff's there, but it is a small rural community. It's not a massive. Bowen. Smaller than St. George? Oh, I, no, I, I, true, but St. George holds it together, so you're yep. absolutely right. Yep. So. Maybe they'll do something different, allow camping at the track or something like yep. that. You know, yep. you know, surely you would look at Don River and look at some of the, you know, you'd be talking, obviously being North Queensland, they're all friends, you'd be picking up the phone to Mick or Talbot yep. and asking a few questions about what do you guys do that you think makes your race successful? Well, I would also think that a lot of the people at Charters Towers are involved oh. in an official capacity at Don River. Like, they'd all share, you know, information and that anyway. So, yeah, probably, probably a good point. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Listen, it's a it's a fresh one. It's only been announced, like, when was it? Like, yesterday, today, something like that. Like, it's been on the Insta and on, on the socials and that. So that's going to be an interesting one. And I think I'm sure lots of people will have an opinion on it. Yep. Again, I don't have an opinion on it until after it uh, has probably been raced. Yeah, just yeah. To see what it is. Because, mate, it might kick off. Well, look at St. George. I mean, when yep. it started off, it wasn't. And that's the thing. you got to, if they're going to, and that's probably where I feel a little disappointed for St. George. Like if they, because the way the post read is that they had lost, St. George won't be a national or won't be part of Motorsport Australia National. Maybe mm -hmm. it'll get picked up by, you know, a different championship out there. But I kind of feel for those guys, you know, like you said, it takes time to learn how to run a national level event. And I feel like, you know, every year they, you know, this is just outside looking in. So maybe there are some things behind that we don't know, but from the outside looking in, it seemed like they were getting better every year at running that race. Mm. So it's kind of a bit of a shame because now we're back to that starting position. Like you look at where St. George was when it first started that year and it was essentially like a 30, 35, 40K loop that was just graded through trees and stuff like that. And the track wasn't that great. But now it's a, you know, it's a great loop. It's got great spectator viewing points. They added the dams in, you know, like they they were really improving every year. And now 
you know, we're, we're starting from scratch again. Yeah. Which is a bit of a shame. Like I said, no, no disrespect to Charters Towers, but it takes time to look. It's, it's almost like an apprenticeship. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to learn how to run these events and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, look at, look at Fink, you know, as in, you know, being on the different side of the fence and doing some commentating this year there, you know, and having a chat to people, they're like, yeah, we are always learning. Like, and, and yeah. we, you know, we offered some input as to things we think they could do a little bit better with their live stream and with the way they, they, um, cause you know, we're, we're experts. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, a few little, uh, just as people that have commentated at different yeah. events, like things that people get wrong and other get right. And, and, you know, Kelsey and Ryan and those people that we talked to were all willing to take that on board, you know, and that's an event that's been going now for four, five, yeah. you know, close to 45 years. So, yeah. and they're still learning. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a bit of a shame that they've taken it off St. George, but also excited. New track. Who knows? It could be flipping awesome. Like, yeah. although in saying that, Burdekin really should have been the nat. <laughs> And run for 24 hours. <laughs> the Vertican 24. Actually, we haven't talked about that for a while. No. We we pushed that hard for a little while, ladies and gentlemen. The, we were all about the Marson running the 24. I must and, admit, and though. And then pulled, they started some pansy race called the Don River well, I was going to say, if they pulled that out because they sorted us out with that, That it's a great race. But, yeah, we wanted to run 24 hours straight on the Vertican track. Start at 12, finish at 12 the next day. Night racing, <laughs> it would have been bedlam. But. Would have suited us with our little 400 horsepower LS at the time. Yes. We would have just put pump gas through it for hours. She never would have failed us. Yeah. Well, you know, knock on wood. Yeah, yeah, she for sure. Good. For but sure. Yeah. No, is it, yeah, there's lots of good racing to be had, I guess, is what you're saying, John. It will be interesting. Yeah. And no doubt it's going to be something that until it's run, there's going to be a lot of opinions. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of comments on it. There's yep. going to be a lot of people that do and do not like it yep. and all that sort of stuff. But yep. I suppose as the event organizer, I hope that they're, you know, really just got their head down. Yes. They, they know what their goal is. Well, they've got, what, eight, ten months to yep. kick some goals. Yep. Yep. Hopefully they get out to other races, get behind the scenes there, see what they do well, see what, you know, they think they can do better or, or what will, because that's a tough thing. What, like, you know, what one race does well may not work at your race due to how your track layout is and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. No, it'd be interesting. But, uh, very, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. So. so another one of our uh, questions this afternoon put out from uh, from our Instagram story is, what do you think is the biggest off-road off that you've ever witnessed? As in the off-road crash. That I've physically seen? Or, or anywhere, really. I mean, there's been some monsters. There has. So the biggest one that I've never seen so as in i saw it on um youtube i reckon was that crazy one of is it ag whitehead who you know oh, like it yes yeah his name's ag isn't it a a something yeah anyway, i should know this but it's the white you theory you theory yep that one was crazy where he blew as in where he broke his back but it was off the jump i think it was at parker going backwards at, at parker going backwards at parker yes right okay I probably don't know all the ins and outs of it, but it was the one where Harley went out through the paddock. Yes. And his truck was on the side of the road. And for some reason, again, it's funny how your like algorithm and stuff works on the internet. Like I never saw that for like six months or so. And then when I actually saw, because I, 
I'd seen Harley's footage and I'd seen that truck sitting on the side of the track and, you know, it made a lot of sense. But when I actually saw that whitehead crash, like that crash was violent. It was real nasty. Yeah, I, re I reckon it was one of the wildest ones that I've ever seen. Uh, the wildest one that I've seen live. But this is an interesting one because uh, the reality is that it was Billy Geddes at Gundawindi. That was, that was crazy to witness live. But I reckon the wildest one, I, I also reckon Mick Marsons at uh, Lockyer Valley was wild because I'd never seen a car front flip quite like that. And I think to see a car, like Billy's was a side, oh, no, see, whose was wilder, Josh, Troy Duff or um, Billy's? Well, that was the one I was going to talk about was, um, yeah. yeah, Troy's was just wild. Like, does anyone actually like talking about real wild crap? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you feel awkward, don't you? But, yeah, I mean, Billy's was massive. Uh, yeah. Troy's was just as, probably Troy's. Troy's live to see was crazy. Yeah. Because it was like the flash of fire. fire. That, like, that was I was about to say. Is the fire was the big one with Troy's. Um, big I, shout out to Duff too. Like, yeah, like to yeah, like the fact that he's back and racing and doing things with everything that went on. Like that was crazy, and it was a crazy thirty minutes or forty minutes, not knowing how wild it was. Yeah, yeah man, like mm. that, that really had us. Yep. Like, you know, it was a somber moment. Yeah. So it was interesting. But, yeah, yeah, probably one of those two. So both of them were at Gundy, which is is tough. Like, um, And both at the same section of track but modified. Yeah. So Billy's was Malapanya run before it got smoothed yeah. up, before it got modified to make it a little bit safer, and then Troy's was after that. But it was the extra speed of Troy's from yeah. the, the smoothed out Malapanya. So it's funny how sometimes, you know, two different sections of track, Thought it was made safer and result the same. Yeah, and what's crazy about that track is because you've got experience, much like I do on that track. I've physically raced it, navied it, and done different things on that track. Um, the crazy bit about Malapanya is that it is not by far, it's not the wildest piece no, of the track. No, it, like it's actually, but it's it's probably the one of the fastest. Correct, and that's what I get to the point is that it's actually that it's not as rough. That you end up going faster and the repercussions are yes there. it's yep. an interesting bit of track because again i can't out the back of gundy mm. it's rougher it's mm. unpredictable yes it's, it's lots of things so like you know it, but you don't see well i mean yeah but people crash out the back too so yes uh, yep. yeah it's it's an interesting yeah track. yeah i mean that's the things we're talking about uh dean keys has just commented and said uh bangers endo at pines remember that from yeah. years ago like yeah. that was huge that in that in that mid-engine gymco yeah Yep, that was an absolute monster. Yeah. Yes. No, there's, there has been... Do you know what I will say, though? It, and what we really should shout out is a lot of times, you know, the officials and the AORC and, yes. and CAMs and that get a bit of a... Or AORA and, you know, they're sort of like a bit painful. Oh, we got to find change our race straps. Oh, our Hans is out of date. Yes, oh, yeah. Overall, we've had a very... Like, I mean, there's been some huge crashes yes like yeah what i think about like the pines is a wild ass race like mm. when you're doing to like remember that video because of sandy bowman i think it was the old aussie racer where he was going along and then he ran into the trees in a right hand side power slide <laughs> like sandy bowman is an absolute lunatic mm. in a missing patrol like mm. and, and like 
the consequences of getting that sort of stuff wrong with uh, those you, trees with, yeah with pine trees you know yeah. what i mean like they do not move no so it's interesting because yeah i mean that was one of the big things about gundy too i think the early was billy billy had the tree there didn't he yes that, the tree got that, cut down after billy after that because yep. it was that and, and, and um zaka remember zaka rolled there as well i want to say it was a Jero, like oh, in the black patch, but no, but no. Brad was driving, or someone was driving. I can't even remember anymore. But now, the one I remember at Gundy, remember Mick Marson getting loose in there and doing the flat 360 spin yeah. and not rolling and yeah. being able to drive away. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Yeah, no, listen, they, when you start thinking back across it, there's been a lot of I mean, think's another one where there's always close calls. Like, you look at the videos there, and every year there's a truck on two wheels out through the grass yes. and out through the trees and yep. yeah i mean it's it's one that's um always has a a, a, a bit of a runoff area that yeah you need, yeah you but but i think that's that's the difference you talk about with think like there are a lot of trees but it's not like i mean the pines is literally racing through a forestry yeah so there are trees big, big trees everywhere yeah and gee gundy has produced some epic crashes because you were talking about it before at the pine sandy bowman remember sandy bowman's yeah. having his big crash at gundy as oh, well yeah, that but that crazy. was one that would no one witnessed and i don't think there's any footage of or i haven't seen any footage of it no. so which is probably a good thing yeah no I mean, listen yeah that's an interesting question because there, there has been some big ones over the years i mean um josh the wilson motorsport where it was hendrix wasn't it that um, rolled forward at one of the parkers as well in the yes. Jimco, in the Wilson Jimco. Yes, yeah. That was a pretty wild one too that yep. I, like, I mean, I didn't see it live. I just saw it on video. And... Yeah, and I think you're right. Like, while it wasn't super spectacular, it was one that I do remember seeing live was, um, yeah, mixed front roll. Yeah. Where, where it, like, G'd out and then went up and landed on the front butt. Like, yeah. those front rolls tend to be pretty violent. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd ever seen anything quite like that before. And that was pretty wild. Mm. Yeah. Whereas the side rolls are spectacular and panels fly up and that. There's a lot of speed in it, which is not good. Like yes. In, yes. But, but it's like not, it's never a sudden stop with the, oh, don't want to say never. Yes. But, but again, with off-road crashes, it's it's the stop that gets you. Yes. Yep. Same with motorbikes. And I tell you what, if old mate had taken the jaws of life to mix car, that yeah. probably would have got him as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that would have yeah, definitely. No, so that's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, sure. a, that's a good question, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question because I think there's all there's many levels to that question, but yeah. yeah, 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 particularly depending on, you know, are you in a tin top? Are you in a a tube frame car? Like you said, yeah, I mean, some of the photos that came out of Sandy's car after it was rolled was was pretty wild, mm. um, but yeah, yeah. I tell you what, interestingly too, talking about we talked about tough truck, I've seen some pretty wild rolls at tough truck too. Into like, like water and stuff like yeah, that. Yes. Yeah, that that's pretty wild too. That sort of wakes me up. That and the other one was I think it was on Heartbreak Ridge, and there's a real wild forward roll where old mate came down a rock ledge bonus line, got it wrong, went over, and then it was on fire as well as Oof. it was rolling down the hill. Oof. That was pretty wild. Yep. Like um anything fire related is, yeah. is crazy. Like yeah. Again, tough truck's an interesting beast because whilst it's crazy and it is crazy. Everyone's right there. There's fire marshals, there's yes. fire extinguishers, there's people. Like so, it was never really as much of a worry as the off-road racing thing's a bit scary because it does tend to be a bit more remote and yes. rural. Yep. And that you could have an accident potentially be on your own for at least a period of time. Yep. That's, well, that's pretty wild. Macca Kittle's Jimco at Fink. That was crazy. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah, like I mean that that fire got so hot that it melted all the parts. Like yeah. uh, you know, the the impeller wheel and the shaft of the turbo was still left there, but all the housing and everything had yeah. like all the um the gearbox was melted on yes, the ground. Yes, that's right. Was... Albans was melted yes. sitting on the ground. It was yep. crazy. Yep. Still, and the you crazy could... story there is so so the backstory there was what, so was that what year was that? Was that sixteen? Sixteen. So there you go. That was the year we rode and we didn't end up um racing, obviously. And we were at like the one sixty eight mark and it was very crazy. accurate there, Dan. Well, because I think that Macca's burnt happened at like one sixty two, didn't it? Uh, you, well, we could see the flames. Yes, and that not the flames. We could see the, the smoke. smoke, and that's what we we originally thought that someone was burning some tires there, like you know, yeah. just being loose. We're like, oh, look at these crazy cats. But then we real like we're like, ah, that's that's got to be a car fire. Mm. Then when we um we but someone else had like obviously, and that's one of the things about Fink, which is interesting, is that we we're just talking about being remote. Think's one of those weird races where it's not as remote as you think it is because there's so many people down the track. Yes. So yeah, that's that's an interesting one for sure. But yeah, Macca's was pretty wild for sure. Yeah, the old the old desert racing like it's a different game, I think. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, it's both amazingly enjoyable. Yeah. But crazy. Yeah. Stressful in the same thing. The logistics, the yeah, all of that side of stuff like. The forward driving side of life is, is much more chill. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you, like you said, you go well. Particularly, you think about some like one of the big things we talked about. You know, a little while ago was you know you go racing for a weekend. You got to put the car on and off the trailer a hundred times. Some of these four wheel drive events, like you know, uh, low meet, like the three car and stuff like that. You unload your trailer at the start of the weekend. You camp there, like all the racing's at the same block of land. Like There's yeah, that you can swim. In. Go for a swim in. Like the yeah. kids love it. Yeah, like. Oh, Riker yep. doing his BMX bandit tricks last year. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Mickey B Mickey bringing the B. bike, bringing yeah. the bike. So, yeah. yeah. No, no, it, it's, uh, yeah, like I said, we just wanted to probably talk a little bit more about our background of four-wheel driving and stuff like that and yeah. give you guys a bit more of a, um, bit more of a hint of, of things that we, uh, we enjoy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I got one more thing that I want to hit me. It sounds like was slowly, no, but no, if, if you're, like if, yep. The one other thing that I put on uh, the off-road cartel, at off-road cartel on Instagram, because you know I'm an influencer and all that sort of stuff, but we're, we're throwing down a little bit of a gauntlet, because I don't think it is, because I just let me say that to start off with. But I want to know who's got the toughest work tilly. Because, and it's not like a tilly that you don't, you know, that, oh yeah, I just put every Sunday, I put a, a bit of wood on it or something like that. No, that, that doesn't count. The old Danger Ranger, she's driven day in, day out. She was hitting air cons today. It is not good on fuel, I'm telling you. But uh, she got the big stick 6.2 in her, and she gets driven daily, does 300 k's to work, and then she'll go up to Cape York. So there's the, there's the challenge. I want you to send me videos and, uh, and you know, slide into the old DMs at Off-Road Cartel or at Dirtbags Podcast or whatever you want to do. And uh, yeah, because I reckon a lot of people that run fake tillies, Josh. I, and again, I'm not knocking that. I, I've been guilty of that as well. You know, where you've got a got the old street car, you drive at a gym, and it's the old Valiant that's got 600 horsepower. Yeah, we don't really drive every day. It's it, that it's a shed toy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then the flip side is, I want, I'm, I'm really interested in who dailies these things. Like, you know, is there like well, like Corey uh, Corey Howe's a prime example. Yes. Big super Duramax picking the kids up from school. Not yes. that it's really a work till it's see this is Bye. where ah, but it's not. That's yes. a, I want I want to know who drives it for work, like a real work you and has 
maybe he he he's got a pretty couple of wild utes. Yep, they they put me. Yeah, down. he. Yeah, and I think he did a trip over to Western Australia yeah. in that black yeah, in old pit in yeah. the black GU to do some work. Yeah, so you know, like I, I would think that that's a true work to it. So yeah, throw, throw it out there. Send us videos, tag us in your videos or whatever else you're doing. I'm very interested in uh, who's got some some decent work tillies because, yeah, it, it's always fun. I like these things. I like it. So so what's the plan? Are we gonna? Oh no, this is right on. The... What are you saying? You're gonna throw them something? Yeah, we can throw them something. Done. Let's uh, for the let's throw it out so that it's not just the best. The the top three work Ute Tillies. Yes. Even street car. Oh, street cars gets a bit vague. No, nah, work work cars. It's got to be work cars. We want to see cars. a ladder strapped on the roof. Yeah, super tough work cars. Yep. We'll send three caps out. So the top three. How's that sound for a win? Like it. And I'll even pay the post in handling out of Josh's phone money. <laughs> Unlucky. Yeah. How did I get dragged into this? You're the one that's humble bragging. I wasn't humble bragging. <laughs> I know. I you were know. bragging. Yeah. No humble about it. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, there you go. Something little to wrap it up. We'll say, yeah. Hit... And if, if anyone beats me, I'm going to spray some nitrous on this thing tonight. But wait up. How are we... Is it just what we decide's cool? Oh, I guess yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool yeah there's no rules, there's no we regulations. Just love cool stuff. Yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. Don't don't look up, you know, there's no bylaws or anything. It's just we're gonna decide three cool work tillies. Hit us up at, at offroad cartel or at dirtbags underscore podcast and we'll send a little bit of OC merch out to these people. Um yeah, because if you're rocking a cool work tilly, we uh we're happy to send you a little bit of gear as well. So I like it, Josh. I like it. What a way to end. And I, I, I like to see a couple of Jacks that he's willing to spend money. Good little chat. We Hopefully you guys understand a little bit more about who Dan and I are. What our, um, yeah, what our, back, yeah, accurate. What our what our background is and stuff like that, but uh, hey, thanks for listening. We hope yeah. you've uh, hope you've had a good time, and uh, we'll talk to you a bit later on. Yeah.